Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. So let me add my welcome to the ones we've had so far. My name is Ben. I'm part of the team at Harvest Church. And uh, it's my great pleasure to share a message this morning. So um, we're continuing our series on Spot the Difference. Spot the Difference. And uh, just as we start to, to think about that, I wonder if anybody would like to receive a gift from me. See, what, what I've noticed is, is you know I'm up to something. You know there's a, a trick, a sting in the tail, but how many people would love to receive a gift from me worth 10,000 shillings? 10,000 Tanzanian shillings. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a gift? No, you guys are like, you're just too cynical now. What's going on? No one wants to receive this gift, but, um, but here we are. Uh, who would like a gift worth 10,000 shillings? Well, actually, I think it was Catherine Morton's birthday not so long ago, so you can have the gift worth 10,000 shillings, which roughly is about £3.50. Um, if I was feeling really generous, I would give you a million Vietnamese dong. Uh, which would be worth around £35. So that would actually, you could get yourself something nice from the Metro Centre for a million Vietnamese dong. That would be good. So we understand that some things are worth more than some other things. And I don't want to, if you're, if you're here from Vietnam or from Tanzania, I apologise, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm not saying the people of Tanzania or Vietnam are worth less than other people. I'm saying the currency happens to be worth, so please don't be offended. And the currency, we understand that some things are more valuable than some other things. And in this season on Spot the Difference, we want to look today at how Jesus worked with the disciples to shape their understanding of what was valuable in God's sight. What is it that God says is valuable? Remember in this series, we're looking at Jesus with his team of disciples and we're saying, what did he have to put in so that they could be world changers? And what did he have to take out. So join me, we're going to read a passage from Mark's Gospel this morning. Mark chapter 12, verse 41, uh, through to chapter 13, verse 2. And Jesus sat down opposite the treasury, and he watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came And she put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. If you do the maths and try and work out what that looks like today, that's probably actually about um, two or three pounds or something was worth what, what she put in. And so Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. They all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all that she had to live on. And as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this word. Hey, if you want to pray with me, why don't you just put one hand over your heart 
And just speak out yourself and say, Lord Jesus, speak to my life. Holy Spirit, speak to my life. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we pray that you'll bring this word to life for us right now. We pray, I pray you'll help me speak all that's in my heart to communicate everything that I believe you've um, spoken to me about this. God, I pray that I'll be able to communicate that clearly and you know, we'll be able to receive what's on your heart for us to receive this morning. Amen. Amen. So the first thing that really strikes me out of this experience with the disciples is a, is a watch out. Watch out. Watch what you're watching. Watch what you're watching. Because you can imagine the scene, right? You can imagine that Jesus is doing something with the disciples to challenge what they see as valuable. So he takes them on an educational field trip, kind of a school trip. And in my head, maybe the disciples lined up, they made the crocodile, and they went, you know, joined find a pair, and then they all sort of walked together holding hands, so nobody got lost, and maybe Jesus took the register when they arrived at the treasury, I don't know. Um, and, and so he takes them to the temple, which is the center of everything that was good in the Jewish religion at that time. And there they are. And all kinds of exciting things would have been happening in the temple. Maybe they were expecting Jesus to stand up and take the scroll of the law, the scripture of the time, and teach them something profound out of that. Maybe they were expecting that in this place of prayer, Jesus would stand up and pray in such a powerful way that it shook the heavens and changed their understanding and expectation. You know, he was going to do something miraculous in prayer. Maybe they were expecting him to make an animal sacrifice and show them exactly where you... No, maybe he wasn't going to do that. But whatever they were expecting him to do, he takes them on this field trip. But his intention, he says, hey, guys, we're going to just sit over here and we're going to just watch what's going on. And notice what it is that Jesus is watching. Jesus watches the people. We read that in verse 41. Jesus watches the people coming and making the offering. But then we read on and we see, well, what is it that the disciples are watching? The disciples are watching the buildings. Jesus watches people. The disciples watch stuff. And we see this contrast in what it is that catches their attention, what it is they've chosen to value in that time. And you know, something that speaks to me about this is that we understand that what catches Jesus' attention, what catches God's attention, what's valuable, what's important to God is people. People, 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 people are on his heart. And if you're a people, a person, then you're valuable to God. You know, I don't know the situation or the circumstance of every person that's here this morning, but I do know that we're valuable in God's sight. And so that's where Jesus is. He's watching the people going past. And he takes this opportunity to speak to his disciples and, and explain to his disciples what's going on. And in the way I sort of think about it is that one of the disciples is like that kid at the back of class, you know, who's kind of, Jesus is giving the lesson at the front and the disciples there going, oh, what lovely buildings. <laughs> hey, are you listening to me, Andrew? You know, oh, look at all the architecture and the beautiful statues that I can see surrounding me. Jesus is trying to get their attention and focus it on people. And they're sitting there distracted by stuff. I wonder if this could be a message for anyone here today. 
I wonder if any of us here today could be those who God tries to catch our attention with people. God wants to capture our attention with people. God wants us to get hold of a vision for people, for gathering people in our homes, for caring about people, for loving the needs of people, for praying for the sick like Jesus prayed for the sick, for sharing the love of God with people like Jesus shared the love of God with people. But we're the ones at the back of the class going, oh, what lovely buildings. I'm so interested in all this stuff. What is it that is the the buildings, the architecture, the interesting stuff that we surround ourselves with that distracts us from the vision that God has for us to work with people? You know, what is that comfort? What is that hobby? What is that interesting pursuit that we give ourselves to? What is it the the appearance that we're so devoted to that it distracts us from the vision that God has for us to, to care for people? God's trying to get our attention with people. God's trying to speak to us about the needs of people, about loving people, about gathering people. And we're saying, oh, what lovely buildings. Oh, I wonder if there's anything on Netflix this evening. Oh, I'm so interested in my hobby right now. What I need right now is just some me time. It's a bit hard work having people in the home. They make a mess. Oh, well. What is it that distracts us from people? Because people have value. You know, the good news is what we value is a choice. We get to choose what we value. It's a choice. We get to choose what we ascribe value to, what we say is worth something, and what we say isn't worth something. So this morning, we have a great opportunity. We get to choose what we value. And I suppose the way I think about it is, I think Jesus had a purpose when he took the people to that place. When he took his disciples to the, to the temple and sat down and said, let's do some people watching, let's watch the people, let's see what's going on with these people, and then talk about what's going on with these people. I think it's because Jesus knew I think it's because he recognized that the disciples would be impressed. They noticed the offerings of the rich, and they noticed the wonderful buildings. But Jesus prompted them to notice the offering of the widow. He was using it as an opportunity to say, hey, what is it that you value? Because what you value might not be the same as what God values. He was giving them an opportunity to choose what they valued. Does anyone here have a personalized registration plate for their car? If you, if you do, I may be about to offend some people, so I'm just going to um, ask for forgiveness in advance. In 2008, uh, the newspapers reported that Lewis Hamilton had paid £200,000 for the number plate LEW1S. £200,000. And the report actually was he bought it from a businessman who lived in Jesmond around the corner. And, uh, and a, a source, the, the mirror prote- uh, printed this source that said, oh, it's just like Lewis to not worry about the cost. When he sets his heart on something he wants, he's not fussed about the cost. He'll just go for it. They had this source. And uh, a few days later at the French Grand Prix, the press gaggle was around Lewis Hamilton. They said, oh, tell us about the number plate, Lewis, the number plate. And Lewis Hamilton said, what number plate? And uh, so the press had to say, oh, you've paid £200,000 for this number plate. And Lewis Hamilton said, no, 
absolutely not. This is the first I've heard about it. Quote, I wouldn't pay a couple of hundred grand for a number plate. I wouldn't pay a hundred pounds for a number plate. A number plate's a number plate. End quote. Probably, you can look it up. I think I got that right. I mean, Lewis Hamilton had wisely, in my opinion, decided not to give any value to personalized number plates. He had decided that number plates are not valuable because he had chosen what it was he was going to value. We choose what we value. Sometimes we don't realize, we don't know that we've made these choices. Maybe they're subconscious, maybe they're in our past, maybe there's something that changes our attitude and opinion, even as we sit here now and prompts the decisions that we make, but we never really realize it's because of a choice we made about what we are or are not going to value. But we get to choose what we value. I remember the first time that I learned that you can choose what you value because I was sitting probably about here. And I was listening to Clive share a message. I was listening to Clive share a message, Pastor Clive, about how he learned to value tea without sugar. <laughs> Stop me if I get this wrong. But when Clive was a young man, he, I guess, had grown up in a household where everybody drank tea with sugar. And then uh, when he moved out of home, he got lodgings, and the family he was living with did not have tea with sugar. Bum, bum, bum problem for Clive. And so he said, actually, well, they don't have sugar available for their tea. What do I do? Do I choose to have no tea or do I choose to start to like tea without sugar? Well, the call of tea was strong. And so Clive learned to, lo- learned to love tea without sugar. And I remember sitting there and having a profound revelation about tea without sugar and, uh, and also about that we can choose what we value. We choose the priorities that we have in life, the things we give value to in life. I had a similar experience when I was a a young man, when I was younger, so much younger than today. I never used to eat vegetables in any way. And so I never used to eat fruit or vegetables. And uh, and this was also a problem. Um, It is so true. When I was a student, I was like, I was terrible with what I fed myself. And my poor mother had spent, you know, years kind of investing in teaching me to cook. I could cook. I just didn't particularly want to cook. And so I didn't eat veg or very much fruit or whatever. And uh, then I met this nice young lady called Karis. And uh, she took me back to meet her parents for Sunday lunch. It turned out they were pastors of the church. And so um, the, the pastor of the church had made me a lovely lunch. And I didn't like the vegetables. That was awkward. What, what's a guy to do? So I had to learn to love vegetables. <laughs> Choice. Girlfriend, oh, no girlfriend, or girlfriend with vegetables. <laughs> we choose what we value, right? I chose the vegetables. And my poor mother, because I remember going home, I remember it really clearly being at, the, at my family home. And uh, whatever it was, Sunday lunch or something, and there was plates of vegetables around. And because I started eating vegetables, I had learned to love vegetables. And so there was broccoli on the table. And I grabbed a spoon and just served myself from broccoli. And my mum was like, ah, when did you start eating broccoli? And I, you know, I tried to play it cool. I was like, oh, well, I eat broccoli now, mum. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember what I did. But uh, I... I I ate broccoli, and my poor mum, you know, I think she was sort of thinking, this is so unfair. 
the injustice. She'd worked so hard. You know, it's not like there weren't vegetables in my parents' house when I was growing up. There was vegetables. And I was the one going, I don't like vegetables. So my poor mum had done her best to cause me to love, to choose to value vegetables. Uh, but she didn't have the secret weapon that Sally did, which was, of course, Karis. So um, <laughs> I, I, I chose the girlfriend and I chose the, the vegetables. We choose what we value. We choose what we put value on. And I wonder what it is that you need to choose to put value on. What is it that you need to choose to enjoy? I, I remember a few years ago, I was interviewing, my boss and I were interviewing a guy for a position in our team at work. And uh, he, on his CV, he'd said he was, uh, he'd done some property renovations. He was like an amateur landlord. So he had a couple of properties that he let out and he had a couple of properties that he had renovated and then sold on. And this was on his CV. And so we asked him about it. We said, well, you do all of this kind of building work and project work and so on, and you do a full-time job. And my boss said to him, you know, isn't that like a lot of hard work? And uh, he sort of smiled in the interview and he said, yeah, but you've got to choose to enjoy these things. Otherwise, what's the point? And I was sitting in the interview and on the one hand, I was meant to be interviewing him. And on the other hand, I was sitting there and I was thinking, oh, this guy is smart. This guy, it was like a, it was like a, a word from the book of Proverbs speaking to me in the interview room. So you've got to choose what, you've been, you, what to enjoy. You've got to choose to enjoy it. Otherwise, what's the point? And that became like a life message to me for a number of months to say, you know, well, you know okay, so my diary's full and my calendar's full and we're you know, busy with this activity at church or we're serving in this area or I'm preparing for this meeting or I'm preparing for this prayer. I've got to want to go to this prayer meeting. And every time I had this kind of busy calendar, I would look at it and I would say, well, I choose to enjoy these things. Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> But I chose to enjoy those things because we choose what we value. And so there's an opportunity for us, right? We can choose. We can say, by the way, I'm not sure we've said this yet. There's a prayer meeting, half night of prayer, Friday coming, 8 till 12. Yeah, because we choose to enjoy these things. I don't have a ball pool to jump into this time to show you how passionate I am about the prayer meeting. But we choose to enjoy these things. You know, oh, it's church on Sunday. Well, that's great because I choose to enjoy going to the church meeting. I enjoy it so much, I want to bring people. There's an opportunity to serve in the church, to help with the kids' work. Perfect for me, because I choose to enjoy serving people. There's an opportunity to tidy the church building and mow the lawn and pick up litter. Excellent, because I've chosen to enjoy those things. I've chosen what I'm going to value. I've chosen what I'm going to enjoy. You know, I was listening to an interview with a a psychology professor And she said the the big change is not when you just make a series of choices, when you sort of say, right, well, I I choose to spend my finances more wisely, or I I choose to eat more healthily, or I choose to do some exercise. She said, actually, no, the big change is not when it's a series of choices, but when at the deepest level you think of yourself as somebody who, I'm the sort of person who enjoys going to the gym. I'm the sort of person who enjoys healthy food. I'm the sort of person who enjoys going to prayer meetings. I'm the sort of person who shows up to church on time. I'm the sort of person who goes to my city group and wants to take my friends with me. I'm the sort of person who opens my home and says, hey, come and let's gather here. And I'm the sort of person who enjoys sharing my faith with others. I'm the sort of person who could pray for the sick and believe that God can heal them. I've chosen to be that sort of person. It's not just a series of choices but actually it's who we see ourselves as being. It's the sort of people we choose to see ourselves as being. Because value is a choice. 
we choose what we value. The last thing I want to say is really just to touch on the the difference between the offering of the rich people and the widow's offering. The offering of the rich people and the widow's offering. Maybe you've heard the story of the pig and the chicken going to market. And the pig and the chicken go to market one morning. As they go there, they pass a, an old guy by the side of the road, and the chicken says, Whoa, we should do something nice for that guy. He looks tired, and it just looks like we should do something nice for him. He looks like he needs it. But the chicken says, hey, why don't we make him a, an egg and bacon sandwich? And the, the pig says, I don't think so, chicken. That'll take a contribution from you, but a whole life commitment from me. <laughs> and that's the contrast, right, between the rich man's offering and the widow's offering. The rich men make a contribution. You know, the, the word that's used, out of their abundance, they gave a great offering. The word that's used for abundance is exactly the same word that is used with the leftovers when Jesus fed the 5,000, right? Jesus fed the 5,000 men and women. They gathered up the 12 baskets afterwards. The leftovers, the scraps, the overflow, it's the same words. It's just what they had left over. It was pocket change to them. It was fluff in the bottom of their, you know, suit pocket, just the leftovers. And out of the leftovers, they had enough leftovers to give a massive offering, but it didn't cost them anything. They didn't notice that it had left their checkbook. It was just the leftovers. But the widow, out of her poverty, out of her her shortfall, her lack, almost out of what she didn't have, she gave everything that she could give. She didn't hold anything back with her offering. And you know, as I've been reading this and thinking about it over the week, there's just an echo of the cross in that offering. Why was it so important for Jesus that the disciples understood that when you make an offering, you don't hold anything back? So important that they got that because he was about to go to the cross. He was about to make an offering of himself. He didn't hold anything back. Jesus' offering was an incredible combination of the two. It was out of abundance but he didn't hold anything back. And out of all that he was, he gave his best offering. He gave his best offering for his disciples. He gave his best offering for us. He gave his best offering for the whole earth to reunite man to God. You know, Jesus chose what he valued. He chose that people mattered more to him than his comfort. He chose that people were more important to him than you know, a, a life in heaven disconnected from human beings. He chose to give his best offering so that we could know God. And as I look at the offering of the widow and the rich people, it just echoes to me of how much he did for us. And so this morning, there's a chance for us to choose. There's an opportunity for us to choose. We can choose to respond. We can choose to respond to the cross. We can choose to change what we value. You know, maybe as I've been speaking, you've Something's gone off in you and you've said, hey, I recognize there's something in me. I'm putting value on something over here, like a personalized number plate. And actually, it's not worth very much at all compared to the people that God has in his vision for me. So will you stand with me? And we're going to pray this morning.
you know, just at this time, I want you to imagine in your mind's eye that you're there before the cross, right? Just want you to imagine that that's where Jesus gave his best offering for you. Maybe you've done this before. Maybe you've seen something of the cross in your life before. Maybe you've heard how Jesus gave himself at the cross before. Maybe this is the first time. But just this morning, there is an opportunity to see that. And as you're doing that, I want you to believe that he gave his best offering for you. He gave the best of all that he was. God, God of his cloud, came to earth to reunite fallen human beings with a loving God. That's for each one of us. And there's an opportunity to respond to that this morning. If you've never responded to it before, or if you've responded to the cross a hundred times before, there's an opportunity to say, Jesus, this morning I receive what you've given me. I receive all that you've done for me at the cross. And I choose to give my best offering back to you myself, my whole life, I choose to follow you today. If you want to pray with me to make that offering back to him, I just want you to raise a hand where you are. Just raise a hand in prayer. Say, God, today I'm giving my best offering back to you. Because of all you've done for me at the cross. And you know, if you're doing this for the first time this morning, there's a great opportunity to actually make a real declaration that this is going to be your walk in life. You're going to follow him. And I'd love you to come and talk to me about that later or talk with the person who, who's, who's come with you this morning. You know, and for the rest of us, there's an opportunity to, to change what we value. And what Jesus valued most of all was people. People, people, people. And so just where you are, I want you to pray over your own life, over everything that's in you. Say, God, help me value people. God, help me choose to value people. Help me choose to love the people around me. Help me choose to love the people I live with. Help me choose to love the people I work with. Help me choose to love the, you know, the people I see at the bus stop, the people I pass in traffic, the people I speak to in the shops, the people I meet at um, you know, birthday parties, the people I meet at family gatherings. God, help me to carry your heart for people. Help me to see the value that you have for people the people around me. Help us, God. God, I pray for us. I pray for this church. God, I pray for myself. I pray that we will be those who value people. People more important than stuff. People more important than our interests. People more important than our plans. God, help us value the people that you value. Amen. Oh,